Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to How to Eat to Save the Planet, the podcast that takes a comprehensive look at sustainable food production from field to fork. I'll be looking at how we can learn from the past to reduce our carbon footprint on the way we eat by learning some of the granny skills that have got lost in our shrink-wrapped, consumption-heavy, busy-brained lives. I'm Jilly Smith and this week I'm looking at waste and how the ancient tradition of tanning has added a super-sustainable sticker to London's oldest original salmon curer and the world's oldest producer of smoked salmon. It's the story of how a third-generation salmon smoker in Fish Island, East London's hipster postcode, and a fashion graduate from California have revived this ancient Scandi skill to create fish skin leather out of salmon leftovers. You know, when I brought people around the factory and they see what we do, they've, they've said to me, oh, what do you do with your salmon skins? Yeah. And I've always sort of joked about what we'd like to do, but I said, let me cut these huge holes out, so if you made a wallet, everything's going to fall out. So. No, it, it was literally just the raw state. <laughs> oh it was the slimy, it was the it was wet, it was it was fishy in the smell. It had a lovely kind of a smoke tint smell because it, it was a smoke skins. For me, it's a vehicle to have a conversation about the way we're decimating the seas, I suppose, really. So we, we bring salmon down uh, to our six days a week, so it's absolutely fresh. That's really the key to... Lance Foreman is showing me around the factory, which his great-grandfather, Harry Foreman, built back in 1905 after arriving in London from Odessa and settling in the East End. Uh, and then we salt the fish and then we smoke it, and that's how we produce the smoked salmon we've been doing for over 100 years. Back then, Harry used the northern European tradition of smoking Baltic salmon, shipped over in barrels of salt water as a way of preserving fish. I realise I've never really thought much about what happens to the rest of the salmon that didn't make it into my bagel. And it turns out that as businesses have to reduce their carbon impact, waste simply doesn't make economic sense. And as I'm looking into the buckets of fish heads and bone on the factory floor, I'm reminding myself that that's a good thing. Yes, yeah, so we, we really waste nothing at all. The, the heads are actually uh, used as bait for, um, for fishermen that catch lobster and crayfish. And the, um, the, uh, the bone, uh, as you can see, we literally scrape every last bit of flesh off it. And uh, we send that flesh um, through into our kitchens. We poach it off. And it makes a fabulous poached salmon sandwich filling. Um, so we, we really don't waste anything at all. And, and the bones that can't be eaten um, uh, are used, um, they're used to make biofuel. Interesting. So explain that whole biofuel story to me. 
Because a lot of people are taking, you know, leftover chip fat, for example. Well, it is. I mean, literally any any organic food waste can be used for biofuel, and uh, you know, we we have a certain amount. We're probably lighting up a, a few homes. Uh, overnight, but, you have but to have uh, a special. Not if people just can't take their chip fat or their. No, they're not. But, but but increasingly, you're getting more companies that are dealing in biofuel and they're collecting food waste. So it's you know it's it's really being fully utilised. That's yeah. a you know it's a really great thing because before then, not only could we not use it, but it's also very expensive to get rid of it. So uh, this is you know it's a really positive, uh, really positive development. And the spirit of old Harry Foreman would love the use of granny skills to make the most of every bit of leftovers. Um, one of the things we developed over the last year or so is um, to take our smoked salmon trimmings then we smoke them and smoke them because they're completely dry and we make smoked salmon jerky in a completely natural way just salmon, salt and smoke none of these sort of preservatives or anything else it tastes delicious and it's you know it's really taking off now you know we, we are a factory but in a sort of in an artisan sense everything we're doing is done by hand and we're always innovating always trying to come up with new ideas new recipes it's not it's not the sort of you know plonk plonk something on a conveyor belt on a yeah. you know on a production line there are no so conveyor belts here. no we're we're um, we are literally always coming up with new ideas and it could be a, you know a client has sort of asked us to come up with something or things that we're driving at but yeah saving waste is good business i mean apart from anything else it's great business so we're just trying the salmon jerky now mm. i mean this is delicious mm. What's the recipe? It's just well, it's just pure protein. I mean, it's just the salmon with the, you know with the salt from the curing process, and just a little bit of smoke, and then we just dry it out. There's no preservatives, there's no nitrates or anything. It's just absolutely pure protein. So it's a great snack. It's good, you know, as an ingredient product, almost like a sort of like salmon bacon bits, if you know what I mean. Yeah, port scratching. Yeah, exactly. It's that sort of thing. Uh, you can, you know, use it in scrambled eggs or a salad or, or just keep munching on it. It's, uh, I, I'll keep it munching is, on yeah. it. Oh, yummy. Since I've been working here, I've eaten three times my body weight in smoked salmon. <laughs> I bet you do. But apparently, according to Gwyneth Paltrow et al., it's the best thing for your skin. It's anti-aging. It's superb for your complexion. It's good for your circulation system. It's good for behavioural symptoms in children and even unborn children. Absolutely. Very, very positive, yeah. By the 1920s, Harry Foreman was selling his Scottish smoked salmon to Harrods, Selfridges and the Savoy, using his own brand of curing, soon to be known as the London Cure. It's quite different to a mass production product. It's 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 all about the salmon. You barely taste the smoke, and uh, there's no sugar. It's just salmon and salt, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, but the reason I'm here today is because of a really innovative idea. You're all about invention to try and make something of waste. Meet Central St Martin's graduate Andrea Liu, who contacted Lance about using his fish skins for her final year project. Second year, we were kind of given a group community project, and it was based in Hackney Wick. So we were kind of looking at all these old factories around the area, and a lot of them weren't running, but one of them was was this factory, this smoked salmon warehouse. And I just thought this would be really interesting. So walking around it, um, I eventually kind of met one of your staff members by accident who was kind of on the on the street, and he gave me a card, and we kind of got in contact with Lance, and, um, and then eventually it kind of just grew from there. So at that point, I mean, to paint the picture of Hackneywick, we're on the canal here. There's barges going down. There's a lot of kind of upcycled, cool factories. There's a lot of artists here. It'll, one day it'll be priced out of everyone's range. But at the moment, it's just quite bohemian. There's lots of invention, lots of stalls, food, stuff is everywhere, craft brewers. What did you think when you thought salmon? I thought this this is really interesting. <laughs> um, 
Well, I was really interested in sustainability, and at that time I was also really interested in waste. And I knew that I wanted to work with the waste material in my final year. And so when when I actually saw those blue bins full of all this byproduct from this factory of all these skins, it just kind of kind of ignited a kind of this idea of oh, this would be really interesting to kind of weave with this material. But how do I go from this raw state to a quote-unquote, eco-luxurious kind of a leather. And that was the challenge that I was, that really captured my imagination. Salmon skin is three times stronger than normal leather, thanks to its cross fibres. Traditional cow leather fibres go only in one direction. Fish skin leather is now being used in top European fashion houses, including Dior, Ferragamo and Jimmy Choo. I think with the, with the help and excitement of Lance as well, um, that really kind of pushed the project even, even further. Um... I was just, I think I was just interested in, in seeing what this whole world of fish leather was. And through my research, I kind of realized, oh, it, it's actually been around. You know, there, there, there are designers working with fish leather. But what was interesting with Lance's skins is that it was imperfect. That's what I call it. Yeah. Um, because a lot of these fish tanneries or leather tanneries, they use a lot of these perfect waste. So it was, it's easier for designers to work with. So, uh, so our quest in Central St. Martins was really to, to kind of find solutions within, um, within like a waste sector or a design sector. Um, and so that was really what was really interesting about this project of, how, well, how can I use a waste product that's not perfect? Yeah. So this issue of imperfect skins, Lance, does that mean that there are fish that, uh, whose leathers are being used in industry that are being used only for skins i.e the fish itself is being wasted oh well i'm sure there are fish that are being slaughtered for their skins but uh in which case it's not really a byproduct no, you know here we have a you know a byproduct and, and what got me so excited is because for years you know when i brought people around the factory and they see what we do they've they've said to me oh what do you do with your salmon skins yeah. and i've always sort of joked about what we'd like to do but I said let me cut these huge holes out so if you made a wallet everything's going to fall out so you know I I never really quite knew and then Andrea came along we had this conversation and uh, you know I got really excited about it and I just said go for it you know we kept sending a you know sending a bucket loads of of salmon skins to work on and um, you know here we are 18 months later. According to the Green Exchange 50% 50 of fish caught is considered to be food and 50% waste. We process 80 billion kilos of fish every year, which means we produce so 40 billion kilograms of waste. They must have been dried, obviously. They weren't smelly. I'm just thinking of people who want to do this at home. <laughs> no, it, it was literally just the raw state. <laughs> oh it was the slimy, it was, the, it was wet, it was, it was fishy in its smell. It had a lovely kind of a smoked hint smell because it, it was a smoke skins. Um, so, so that was what I was working with. Just wow, really, you must have been state. so popular at St Martin's. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I was. I was actually asked to stay at home at some time. <laughs> and even this is a funny story. Even during the exhibition, like my my tutor actually put like um, some little scented stuff underneath the table just in case. <laughs> you know. So you got all these skins. What yeah. did you do? What What was your vision first of all? Um, the first step was to just was just to figure out how to make it into leather, and so it was a lot of research into really traditional tanning because I wanted to do it in a sustainable fashion. Yeah. And so, um, a lot of these tanneries are using chrome and other chem- chemicals. Um, some of them, of course, they use vegetable tanning, of course. But I really wanted to kind of play with 
going back into history. So I ended up looking into what a lot of the Native Americans were doing in the past. So I utilized a lot of their very traditional techniques and it's all done by hand. Symbolic connections with their fish preserved over time through their oral storytelling traditions, which describe fish as spiritual beings that reward individuals who treat them respectfully. Alaskan Native women have always used the skins for their warm, durable, waterproof and windproof qualities, but in times of famine have also been able to eat them. I think the initial objective was just to create a series of samples just to show what is potential with this material, um, especially because of, of, of the holy skins. It was just to show, like, you actually can use these imperfect skins and create these beautiful woven kind of tiles or, or samples that could eventually be evolved into into furnishings, into fashion, into accessories. So the material is very adaptable to whatever kind of, uh, whatever you want. In 2009, the Greenpeace report slaughtering the Amazon found that the leather industry was driving deforestation in the Brazilian Amazon. According to the Brazilian government of the day, cattle are responsible for about 80% of all deforestation so these ones in here, the Amazon region. They look like nothing has really been done to them. They are literally just tanned. They look like they've just come off a, 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 off a salmon, which they have. They're different colours. That's quite natural, isn't it? Is that quite natural, Lance? Um, well, there, there is still some staining, that's uh, natural staining that's done with those skins, and we've experimented. Can you see there's like a printed design, a sort yeah. of lenticular printing, which you know shimmers if you tilt the skin one way. So we, um, Andrew's been testing the skins to see what you know what you can actually do with them, and they are extraordinarily versatile. I mean, they're they're very strong. I, I believe they're about three times the strength of cowhide. Um, they're obviously waterproof because they're fish, uh, but they're also translucent, which is, you know, you don't get that with cowhide. So you could you could make lampshades with them and you get this fantastic light shimmering through a skin that I suppose resembles a, a reptile, you know, a snake skin or a you know, lizard or something it like that. It does look very reptilian, actually, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, a lot of people come to me and they ask if this is anaconda. <laughs> But but it isn't, and and it, they're they're always really surprised when they find out that it's actually just salmon, um, and from this factory. <laughs> the tanned fish skins are a kaleidoscope of different colours, and already available as shoes, bags, and even hip flasks. So it's all naturally dyed. So anything that you can find in your kitchen that's a waste, like from onion skins to to whatever. Um, so it's it's about utilising what's techniques that are already there but reappropriating that to fish skins and um and playing around with with different things because of course there's different ingredients different ratios of things that that you have to play with with the skins um so take us through this one here this is a tiled this is sort of a mosaic of a of lots of different salmon skins of different colors here just take us through some of the colors and where did you get those from yeah no absolutely so i mean i i was interested in kind of creating um these natural dyed kind of swatch collections just to, just to show different people like what's what what you can do um and so i mean you have the yellow which is like the classic turmeric um and then you you have like the the onion skins over there that have this orangey tone to it that's really rustic looks very terracotta yeah and you have avocado skins which kind of produce more of a ready hint in the skins and then you have beans that kind of also produce Kind of bluey tinges as well. What kind of beans? Black beans, okay. yeah. Yeah, I love the the smoked salmon. You know, the, the the idea that you can have a smoked salmon and avocado skin wallet. It's <laughs> so cool. Quite cool, isn't it? I just want everything I own to be made of this stuff. It's really fantastic. Yeah. Now, you've already won an award for this. 
Uh, yes, I have. I, I won a sustainability award from the mills in, from Hong Kong. This is a kind of an incubator kind of a company that they came and they visited, and it was the first year, and they were just really supportive and really interested in the um, in the project. And was that because of the kind of the use of the byproduct, an unusual use of the byproduct? Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, I believe that they were just really interested in the whole yeah in the whole process, just from from zero to to just ten of all these steps of collecting it from the factory, getting it from the raw state, making it into or transforming it into a leather, and then eventually trying to figure out a solution to to weave and reassemble the material that could be ultimately used for products. And just imagine these, these people coming from Hong Kong and looking around the whole of St. Martin's, all of you students coming up with extraordinary ideas. What else really kind of impressed you amongst just your students? I was really impressed by just even just the master students. I mean, I was in the BA, textile design, but for the master students for materials feature, it was just amazing to see what these students were doing. Like one of them was, she created, she she also won an award too, and she created these uh, microbial kind of shoes made out of, woven with bacteria. I mean, that was absolutely just mind-blowing. And then like, even just last year, I think there was a student that kind of created threads out of like, I forget if it was like coconut fibers or pineapple, but one of these fibers. And so you're seeing that a lot of students and young designers are kind of looking more into sustainable solutions because they identify that there's a problem. Um, And I think think from Parlay, there's, um, I think his name is Alexander Taylor or something, but there's a designer there in Parlay who kind of said something that I really loved that kind of really encouraged him to go into sustainability, was saying that as a designer, you we have an opportunity to be an agitator for change. And I think that that's really true. And a lot of the students in the last few years are realizing that and are trying to be innovative with waste materials that people don't really think of. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Carrie Fora is a British-Norwegian artist working with salmon skin and living in Devon and is happy to claim fish tanning as part of her Viking heritage. Well, the Vikings went all all around um, the northern climes, didn't they? They went fr- from Norway 
round the Faroe Islands, down to Ireland, over to Iceland, Newfoundland, um, and took all those skills with them. Uh, the reason it comes from the northern climes is that when you're working with fish skin, um, it starts to deteriorate the minute you get it above 20 degrees centigrade. So it's not the sort of leather that you find in Central Africa very often. Sometimes they cure it down there, but they don't use it uh, extensively. Also, in snowier climes, of course, there are no other raw materials to use. So you find what you can find, I think. And this goes right up to modern times. In World War II, um, the Norwegians were making shoes out of salmon skin because they couldn't get access to um, leather for other purposes. So it, it has a long history. Gary believes that working with fish skins is an ecological act. I don't just do salmon skins. Salmon skins are very easy to come by. I'm interested in a whole range of species. And this is because my, I'm also an outdoor swimmer and I'm interested in conservation and sustainability in terms of climate and the ocean. And there, there is a huge message about fishing. There's all the fishing quotas. So really, it's a, for me, it's a vehicle to have a conversation about the way we're decimating the seas, I suppose, really. Fishing quotas mean that fishermen are only allowed to bring in certain quantities of different species of fish. And if they're over the, their quota, they throw dead fish back into the sea. So we have a huge way to go to think about it ecologically and how we can not waste our resources. Making leather out of a complete waste product is the perfect upcycling vehicle. The tanning of fish skins isn't just a Scandinavian tradition. The ancient Alaskans would scale their skins by soaking it first in the urine of a baby boy. The ammonia of the urine would transform the fish fats into glycerol and free fatty acid, making it easier to strip I'm the scales away. I'm initially drawn to the amazing variety of pattern and texture that different species of fish have. But in the end, it really is a way of bringing the spirit of the animal into people's consciousness, I suppose. Each skin is it represents a creature. And I think that is probably my, the main thing that fascinates me. Being half Norwegian... I'm aware that making leather out of fish skin has goes back hundreds and hundreds of years and I think it's timely now to start addressing what we do with natural foodstuffs and bring it back into the consciousness of people when they're eating. Back in Fish Island... I wonder what old Harry Foreman would have thought about his entrepreneurial great-grandson. I, I think he'd be amazed that we're actually still in business. But, uh, you know, because our, our industry changed a lot in the 1970s. You know, even as late as the 70s, most of the smoked salmon businesses in the UK were based in the East End of London. Mm -hmm. And when salmon farming started around then, all the traditional smokehouses like us all started to, you know, th th there was a... 
there was a growth of sort of mass production around sort of the Scottish coast and all the traditional businesses like us tried to compete with this new industry and they found they couldn't compete in London with London overheads and wages and small premises and they literally all went out of business and we've been able to survive and indeed thrive because we didn't try and change we you know we carried on doing things in a traditional method you know we literally do things the same way now as we were doing them 100 years ago and and we're very fortunate in a way because over the last 15 years people have become very interested in food provenance and traditional methods and actually the product just tastes so much better when you do it like that but you have to you know to stay in business you have to keep innovating so you, that doesn't mean you change your philosophy and the way you do things but you always have to find ways to improve and and to me you know the utilization of waste is um, you know is one of those things and uh, and that's what we've always tried to do and i suppose doing it by hand you know gives a little bit more passion and and so on rather than just um, things sort of following along as sort of, you know an automated process so we care we care about the product say so meeting andrea was uh, was just fantastic I, I think this is i mean for me I, i'm really excited about this project i can say and it, it, um, it does feel palpable here it feels like there's some real innovation and that's always very exciting to the whole staff yeah and and it is you know it is very early days we're still we're at the stage where we know you know we, we know we can do it and we know how to do it we're now at the stage of you know, how can we develop this into products, whether it is fashion, you know, shoes or bags or whether it's accessories, as uh, Andrea oh, said. A little, lovely little brandy little case flask there. And, Yeah, a little hip flask. And, and, and there you can see what uh, Andrea's done is she, she has got full utilisation of the product by cutting um, the, the leather into very fine strips, mm. which means that you don't have to worry about the large holes cut out the back of the skin. And then you can sort of use the, the strips and weave with it and so on. So... You know, it's it's a it's a really exciting project, and you know, everyone we have shown it to so far has got really excited about it, like we have. So, um, you know, watch this space. Andrea's parents now live in Minnesota, and I wonder what they thought about the mix of the old and the new. They're they're kind of amazed. They don't really understand what's happening, <laughs> but they're very supportive. You know, um, so they get really hyped up as well. So they they've even gotten some of their their fishing buddies to kind of give them walleye skin so when i'm away i go back home and i see my freezers full of walleye skins from like the summer's fishing <laughs> so they're very supportive yeah athabascan fish skin seamstress and teacher audrey armstrong told andrea when she was writing her dissertation salmon gives us everything i use it all she says the only thing i don't use is the male sperm and the guts this is what binds us and helps us and our families get through the winter I've always considered salmon as my gold. It is my gold. It's our gold. All of the people who live off salmon. Money will come and go, but salmon, your resources are your future. It's a salutary tale of how we've lost our connection with the way we eat. As Mother Nature howls at us to wake up and smell the carbon, remember that the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization says that if food waste was a country, it would be the third highest emitter of greenhouse gases after US and China. And if as a planet we stopped wasting food altogether, we'd eliminate 8% of our total emissions. I'll be finding out more about the ethics of fishing in the next couple of weeks. So if you're liking what you hear, hit subscribe, rate, review and share wherever you can. And catch up with us next time and find out how to eat to save the planet.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.